This episode of Truth's Table is brought to you by Baker Books, a division of Baker Publishing Group, which seeks to build up the body of Christ through books that are relevant, intelligent, and engaging. Visit bakerbooks.com. Sisters, how y'all feel? Brothers, y'all all right? If this is your first time at Truth's Table, welcome to the table. And if you've been sitting at the table with us all these years, we are so grateful that you have been listening to us through these years, and we are inviting you to partner with us and support our work at patreon.com slash truthstable. Now pull up a chair and have a seat at the table with us. Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm Kemeny. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, Z. How you doing, girl? I am, you know what? I'm doing well <laughs> because we have a guest today. Yes, we <laughs> do. Listen, yes, a guest, a do. guest in hey, person. A this guest is our in first in-person interview. What? I know. Yeah. Well, and so I mean, we like on site sometimes, on but this is our first, I think, Have we done polished formal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Our first video recorded. Yes, in person. In this way, interview. Yes, in, this so way. in the brown chairs. Uh, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we are so excited uh, to bring to the table our dear sister, Reverend Barbara D. Jones. Welcome Come to on. the table, sis. How you doing? Come on. Oh, oh, yes. Thank you for having me at the table. What we a blessing. Yes. yes. I mean, well, and, and that's that's one of her, her titles. But yes. Yes. Um, I, I think the way that I, I know you, Barbara, really as, is as friend. Mm. Um, yes. and just yes. such a gift it's Amen. just it's a real honor to have you here there's sometimes we get to interview people and chat with people that we try to commend to our audience and say mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you should be so lucky <laughs> that's right to know this person that's right and that is how I feel about knowing Barbara Jones, Barbara yes. Jones. so thank you for being here now we're going to formally introduce you to our people who don't know who you are and yes we gonna, are going to introduce you to the, yes, the community we are. so we have our our sister you know um barbara jones here and we're, we're talking about missionary what it means to be a missionary and to be on mission for god uh so let me tell you a little something about our sister reverend barbara jones okay Barbara Jones serves as founder and president of Walking Anew Incorporated, an organization that aims to create dignified and unified communities for black and brown people locally and globally. Walking Anew has served various communities throughout the nation since 2017. Barbara has served in various countries leading missional teams around the world and utilizes her expertise to effectively aid and disciple others in creating biblical unity and developing intercultural competencies. We need that. (laughs) We have a depth. She is a qualified administrator of the Intercultural Development Inventory, an executive coach, speaker, and ordained minister who serves in partnership with the Christian Cultural Intelligence Group. As a leader, missionary, and consultant for the past 28 years, Barbara has developed several training modules to educate, coach hundreds of executive leaders in government, corporate, denominational ministries, and communities. She travels extensively as a speaker and has been invited into several podcast communities. And now truth. (laughs) table and we are so (laughs) excited uh to have you here at the table with us barbara thank you excited to be here with my sister friend (laughs) yes 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 i mean i yes all of those things one of the things that what first just stands out to me is uh god's grace in your life and the the path that led you to become on mission for god 
And I wonder to That's what right. extent you would feel comfortable just introducing yourself. We did the bio, but introduce yourself uh, as a woman who came to be pulled into God's mission. Yes. What would you want people to know about you? Yeah, I mean, part of my testimony is the fact that I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Hmm. And through that journey, I always say I can minister to a tree Come because on. we learned how to do rote engagement. And I think that set me up for what God was going to do in my life later. Mm -hmm. uh, at 27, I, I wasn't a believer as a child, mm -hmm. didn't really know about Christianity or church. In fact, I pushed it away mm -hmm. because of mm -hmm. a lot of fears, right. but I became a believer mm -hmm. at 27. Okay. I'm so thankful mm -hmm. that I didn't grow up with a lot of the traditions that helped me to yes. think outside of the box when it comes to loving people. But at 27, mm -hmm. when the Lord called me to himself, he just did a really quick work. Mm. He made me understand what evangelism was, um, immediately put me in spaces where I could engage and call people to Christ. And within about two years, I found myself leaving Chicago as a new believer, mm. landing on a church plant team mm -hmm. uh, with the Evangelical Covenant Church mm -hmm. as a missionary and uh, associate pastor mm -hmm. and working with Campus Crusade. And I didn't even know what a missionary was, wow. right. but I was one and I was living on support. So that helped me to learn what a missionary was really I know that quickly. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, Lord, that, please send that, 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 that part. That part. Uh, the support raising part mm -hmm. uh, is what taught me that, okay, this is what it means to live on mission. I have to trust God, have to lean on him. Um, mm. I can't expect people to fill any of my gaps. I have to trust him to do that and maybe prayerfully he will use people yes. and that's you know that was the beginning of the journey for me wow you know thank you for sharing that barbara even saying like i don't even really know what a missionary is but you found out when you're like oh i gotta raise the point okay <laughs> so you're like a missionary is me that's me, that's yeah, that's me. That's, okay you know but it. can you talk you know because missionary that language mm -hmm. it's it's uh it's kind of Esoteric is kind of an, an enigma for I think people outside of the or church or even in the church. Yeah. 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 yeah, or even yeah. in particular traditions mm -hmm. may not know really what a missionary is, yeah. uh, what what a missionary does, especially in the U.S. context. What does that look like, um, oh and what does gosh. it even mean to raise support for the person mm -hmm. that completely like, has no idea what a missionary is? What did it, what did you mean by having the raise support, and what does it mean to be a missionary? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. You know, this is a loaded discussion. Sure, sure. Because there are um, definitions of missions and spaces, and 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 pr predominantly white spaces, mm -hmm. where they define that if you do A, B, C, and complete this, then you can be called a missionary. Right, right. But in general. I don't think that's a biblical definition. That's mm. an organizational definition. Um, and that's why I didn't know I was a missionary. Mm. <laughs> um, so I can speak about the definition mm -hmm. of being a missionary from my experience sure. and perspective. Um, when the Lord called me, mm. um, there was a process of him reminding me of how he has gifted me to serve in the context that he had called me to. It's not a place I would have chosen, right. um, but once I got there, I was very excited about being there and utilizing uh, my gifts, but also being in a place where I could continue to grow and be stretched. <laughs> mm -hmm. That served me in my first context very well because it I connected with it. Um, it was kind of love at first sight. I was in the hood. 
Mm -hmm. had experienced life in the hood. I was serving people who looked like me, uh, who had needs like I had once had, and I was able to use my gift to help plant and create a church space for those people to come into and, and an opportunity to disciple women. Um, but then the Lord called me into another context mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. and I didn't choose that one either, mm -hmm. well. <laughs> um, but I would not have chosen that one mm -hmm. for sure. But in praying, I'm like, Lord, I know that you've called me to serve the church. This is not necessarily the church, but this is a place where your people need more of Christ, mm -hmm. dare I say. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. need to see Christ lived out. Um, and in and of my own strength, I know that I can't do that, but I'm a willing vessel to respond to the call and to go. Amen. And mm -hmm. so I went into that context serving totally outside of myself, totally having to rely on the Lord, totally trusting him to provide, etc. So going back, talking about provisions, two different missional yeah. contexts. Right. The first context, I had to rely on donors hmm. and thank the Lord for organizations mm. at the time that could come alongside you and help you to understand what support raising even is. Okay. Um, it hmm. served me well in my later life. I had a group of people that loved me, that believed in God's call on my life, and I ask them if they would support me in this endeavor, if they believe God was calling me. And it wasn't like the typical, let me go through this list, let me call these people. I individually had to reach out to these and these folk to ask them mm -hmm. if they would be willing to support me. They didn't support me through an organization. Mm, okay. They sent the funds directly to me and I filtered them through the church at the time, but the church allowed me to make sure my rent was paid, yeah, come on. yeah. make sure I had gas in the car so I can get yes. to the church to do yeah. ministry. And they made sure I had food to eat and I could basically take care of myself when deficits were low. But also those hmm. funds were not just used for me to uh, navigate ministry, but also it gave me the freedom and flexibility to do discipleship. So to yeah. take someone out to lunch or to have a group of women together for fellowship or to do an outreach event. And mm -hmm. so that was really uh, mm -hmm. a blessing to me, just having the accountability of the church, but also the freedom right. to do the work that God had called me to. And it was an amazing experience. Uh, I left that space when my four-year term ended, mm -hmm. asking the Lord, like literally crying one day, what do I do next? Because yeah. this yeah. is not a traditional job. Right. So where do I go? What do I yeah. do? Yeah. And uh, the Lord, a phone call came in and I found myself working for this agency. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I realized very quickly that this is not just a job. This is not just provision. I want to do a work here in you mm -hmm. and in them. Yes. <laughs> yes, right. yes, um, yes. And so it became that mm. um, kind of Abrahamic experience. Yes. I always had those in my life mm. where I didn't know where I was going, yes. but I followed and the Lord landed me there. You know, I, it's not a, a, lo a, a mission that I would have dreamt up, but it was the mission God called me to. Sure. Right. And in calling me there, it's where he uh, continued my sanctification journey yeah. shaping me but yeah. also using me in great ways 
And now mm. I can say that. Mm. Yeah, when you're <laughs> right. in it, it's like, <laughs> it's out, get me out, get me out. Yeah. yeah, now I can say that. Now I can see that nothing in that missional experience was wasted. Come on. I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing now had I not mm. traveled the globe. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, and had not met you at an IDI training. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I met you before that, mm -hmm. but gone through that. Mm. I just see how the Lord put all the pieces together. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the opportunity to lead black and brown people on mission sure. outside of that context, Lord, he really um, not just used it for them, he used it for me. Right. Yeah. And some of them appreciated the gift and some the Lord will have to deal with. That's it right. Because it, I was a gift to the community of service. Come so, on. Now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, we're not, res we're not responsible for how... Mm -hmm. Uh, what people do with the gifts that are placed in front of them, including the the, the gift of our own ministry. Yeah. Right. We're not exactly. responsible for what ends up ultimately happening there. Amen. We're just, we're stewards. Amen. Um, and that's just, a, I think that's a powerful reminder. Um, you know, when I think about the things that have shaped me in my, in my early life or in, in ministry work for what I do now, I agree with you. At the time, you don't think like, what is the point of this? Of this? Yeah. Do you have an example of kind of a specific experience hmm. where at the time you're like, what in the world? Or you just, or, or whether it was difficult or whether it just seemed um, unimportant mm -hmm. or just um, not spectacular. Mm -hmm. But now you can look back on it and say, wow, God, you were doing a work mm -hmm. through the small things or the difficult things and I'm using it now. Yeah. I, I, the difficult things always rise to the top yeah. because, you know, God does a real deep work in the difficult things. Um, mm. Teaching me how to wait on the Lord. Well, wait, I say. <laughs> and after having done all the things, wait. And yes. that uh, the Bible became alive to me in a way that, um, yeah, I don't know that I ever would have experienced, yeah. especially the lament Mm. the long suffering, mm -hmm. right. uh, being kind, yeah. you know, outside of yourself. Uh, and then the joy of the Lord as your strength. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of examples. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But I also have these ideas in my head of when the Lord gave me mm -hmm. a voice right. that I didn't have coming into the space, sure. just being the humble, meek, mild missionary. You yeah. know? Didn't ever lose that, but the way it showed up changed over time. And I think the Lord was teaching me along the way um, how to be bold, mm. how to mm. use mm. my voice, mm -hmm. uh, how to yeah. trust him to ask for the hard things. Because I wasn't seen in the context as a missionary, the benefits of being a missionary weren't offered to me. Mm -hmm. right. And so I had to learn in the same way that I had to ask in the early days for support raising. That's right. I had to ask for what I needed. Yeah. And I had to ask for things that were lined up with the call that God had given me. And so it, it took a lot of long suffering. <laughs> uh, that became my mantra, you yeah. know, that um, long suffering was what a missionary is supposed to do. Right. And uh, I'm thankful that the Lord began to shift that narrative, mm -hmm. especially as I got to see firsthand as uh, discipling other missionaries who were going out. Mm -hmm. And abroad, I got to see that, wait a minute, I'm a missionary here. 
I deserve some of those same benefits, yes. not just for me, yes. but for the people we're trying to yes, invite in, in, which happen yes. to be black and brown people. Mm -hmm. For sure. It's like, how are we going to shift the narrative so that, and, and just the systems so that we create access. Sure. And if I'm in the house, Mm -hmm. and don't have access. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Then why are we inviting other people in? Mm. And so the Lord shaped my voice. I still had to remain in long suffering, but the gift of being kind in that space was uh, something he developed to not allow people to steal my joy. Mm. Mm. And so it was it, it was a journey, but the narrative of the meek, mild, humble, you know, especially in our black context, they sit on the front row in the church and they're the ones that go out and evangelize, mm. evangelize mm -hmm. and tell the girls to wear their dress below, you know, that narrative has to shift. Mm -hmm. And I think it has shifted mm -hmm. for a lot of uh, black and brown missionaries. And I'm excited that there are many more black and brown missionaries out in global spaces, but those that are working in majority white spaces yeah. understand that they're there because mm. it's a mission mm -hmm. and they are missionaries. Mm. That's right. That's right. That's, yeah. right. That's cool. You know, I, I um, we have our own narrative of, of, of learning directly from Barbara Jones we on, do. on <laughs> a, on an international trip <laughs> on that she took yes, about four years ago. Occasions. And I, many occasions, but also I'm thinking specifically mm -hmm. of a trip that you took us on about four years ago and which doesn't see, I mean, think about that four yeah, years ago. Four I'm and I would love for us to get into that a little bit in a more, more about your story when we come back from our commercial break. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Crowned with glory by Jasmine L. Holmes explores the stories and writings of men and women, both familiar and lesser known, who formed an enormous movement of Black Americans demanding the liberty they were promised and deserved. She reveals how their understanding that the image of God lives in each human shaped their faith, the abolitionist movement, and American and church history. With detailed research made accessible to everyday readers, this book will be an eye-opening and inspiring resource for anyone looking for a robust Christian history of resistance that centers Black stories and faith. Truth Table listeners can save 40% off of Crowned with Glory when they order at bakerbookhouse.com using the code CROWNED40. That's bakerbookhouse.com. Use the promo code CROWNED40 to receive 40% off of your order of Crowned with Glory. So we are back and we are still here with the Barbara Jones. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, and, I, and I had alluded to mm -hmm. that uh, you took us on a trip mm. and I yeah. found it to be so transformative. And I learned a, a ton about myself uh, in uh, going on that trip with you, but it was a trip to South Africa four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and j from your vantage point, <laughs> from your vantage point, talk talk about that journey. One, one, why did you take us? <laughs> Step one. Of, of, Step of, one. Of all the, I'm glad, I'm glad you did. I'm glad, amen, I'm glad amen. you did. Well, you know how we do, we be turning up. <laughs> we, do, we do, we do, we do. But yeah, just, just, uh, let let our listeners in on that on the process of who you choose to journey with you because not only are you a missionary, right. I would say that you are a woman of great hospitality. That you and patience take others in on journeys with you. Patience, Amen. absolutely. Amen. Yeah. So uh, that trip, I was very dear to me because it was one of the last ones I got to take with in that context. So that particular trip 
having to extend hospitality to two different groups was a challenge for me and mm -hmm. an opportunity. Uh, number mm -hmm. one, we're inviting people into a space that's already pretty toxic mm -hmm. in terms of accepting us. And so my job was to make it a space where we can all enter in and, and feel protected. Yes. yes. And uh, if we had issues or factions between us, and I'm just gonna call it what it is. Mm -hmm. um, in my perspective, I lived a very assimilated life in this missional context. Mm -hmm. I learned how to navigate mm -hmm. and to do and to be all the things that I needed to do to survive and not stand out, to not feel the pain of the biases or the aggressions yeah. that would happen. Yes. And so in going out and recruiting or mobilizing black and brown missionaries to come in, I had to think about uh, what I was inviting them into, yes. uh, what trauma they may experience, and each team did. Mm -hmm. um, and also, were they ready? Yeah. Were they the, the people that God was calling into this particular short-term mission in a way that would cause flourishing for them and for others? Mm, yeah. mm -hmm. And in that particular trip, <laughs> what made it significant is that these two groups were very different. Right. One was ready and one was having to still navigate the mm -hmm. lifestyle of assimilation. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I recognize that because I lived there for so long. Right. Um, but the group that was ready happened to be your group. Mm. And so in mobilizing uh, you all, um, it was sort of a dream for me to be able to do missions that centered around racial reconciliation mm -hmm. yeah. from a biblical perspective. Mm -hmm. So God put that together mm -hmm. over yeah. a dinner, uh, us discussing it, us dreaming about it. And then lo the Lord provided all the resources and you guys raised support. Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful mission on many levels. Uh, but I think the most significant moment for me um, I have two, if yeah, I may. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, no way. Uh, two <laughs> uh, significant moments were uh, around uh, the gathering of the two groups and the dynamics and the opportunity for reconciliation and discussion to happen. Mm -hmm. But in that context, Micah mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. there, and um, the the missionaries who had sort of separated themselves from the mission until they saw that you guys were there. Mm -hmm. Now they wanted to be all over it, right? <laughs> uh, they didn't want to deal with me as a black woman bringing mm. a team. But when they saw the team, mm. they were like, oh, we want them to do all the things in our white spaces mm. because that's missions. Look mm. at who we have brought and what we're doing. Mm. And we had a very clear mission on our particular right. team. We were not yeah. doing that. We yeah. came for a particular mission. That's right. uh, the calling was to the communities that have oftentimes so been isolated right. yes, in our mission, white missional spaces. And I just remember some of the leadership coming up to Micah. We were standing in line about to go for a meal. And there was a president of an organization there. I won't name that mm -hmm. person. Um, and then there were leaders on our missional team there uh, that came up, never spoke to me, looked straight to Micah as a male mm. and said, we would really love for you to do A, B, C, and D. And Micah just very graciously mm. turned around and said, well, Barbara's our boss. That's so right. you need to bring it through her. That's right. Typically, I would never get that if I was on a team, even leading a team where there was another white male. Mm -hmm. They would just step in 
and had stepped in as if mm. they were in charge, just ignoring my very presence. And so that was a beautiful moment of God's reminder that I could stand and operate in what he's called me to be. And I took it, I ran with it, I gotta say, <laughs> on many levels. Um, and so we just were saying no and no and no to uh, the things that that space wanted. And we entered into some beautiful communities that they said were dangerous, that they don't go to, mm. blah, blah, blah. And the yeah. Lord blessed us in, in those spaces. And the second moment was, it was, it's not a good moment, but it, it was connected to just trying to reconcile, um, but recognizing the pain that was caused. Mm. Yeah. Because we get so caught up, you know, and I saw this in our missional space. If this particular church calls, we drop everything for them. Why? Mm. Because they give all the money. Mm -hmm. We were mm. trained to do that. And wow. we were like, uh-uh, we're, we're not going to let money drive the move. work of God. That's right. They're not the ones providing. He is. Amen. They're a conduit. <laughs> he allowed them to give. They are not the ones we should be honoring. Mm -hmm. And I think for our black and brown uh, brothers who are working and serving in these contexts where funding yeah. is coming from sources that can pull their string at any minute, wow. it creates this longevity and assimilation mm -hmm. and fear and a lack of trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful, not that I'm perfect in that, but I'm thankful that the Lord steered me away from relying on man to be my provider. Yes. And so when we gathered together one evening, the, the lament that happened mm -hmm. and yes. the prayers yes. that came yes. forth yes. Yes. and the releasing, I think, that happened mm -hmm. uh, of walking away from that assimilated life and um, or context or people not trying to need them anymore. Yeah. That was amazing to me. Hmm. And it changed my life mm -hmm. because you all spoke, you know, I think with missions, uh, we are all on mission if we are believers. God calls us to something. And I think I was leading a team, you all, yes. but you all were being used to point me in a whole new direction mm -hmm. because I started the nonprofit after that meeting. Yeah. Oh, um, and, yeah. and that's what I'm doing today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By God's grace and leading black and brown people on mission. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I will take uh, anyone on the mission, but my primary focus is to lead black and brown people to the mission mm. field, to expose them and to give them a vision for serving either locally or globally. Yeah. And so that's the work that I get to do now without someone pulling my purse strings and telling me how to do it. So those things were significant. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. Thank you for I sharing I love you guys. That. Yeah. Thank you. You are very easy to love. Yes, you are. <laughs> you know, I, I, I hadn't realized that that, that, that trip was that transport transformative for you to the point that it actually helped um to yeah. push you to start you know a new and yeah. uh, well, i'm sorry walking a new and yeah. now that that is what you're doing yeah. um you know thinking about the landscape of south africa our experiences there mm -hmm. together collectively mm -hmm. um and under well with the backdrop of the more recent dialogue and modern dialogue about missions and people equating that with neocolonialism and imperialism and mm -hmm. how, how because of the ways let me say that uh, missions have been um 
perverted, mm-hmm. you know, misconstrued, mm-hmm. uh, have been the missionary, the missionary, um, uh, uh, well, yeah, the missionary just, uh, mandate has been co-opted, you know, by so many, yeah. how as a black woman missionary, mm-hmm. uh, do you uh parse through mm-hmm. <laughs> God's great commission, which yeah. he, God is Jesus has given to us his very last words, mm-hmm. you know, to his disciples and to us as well, mm-hmm. is to go therefore and make disciples. How do we hold on to that um and critique and rightfully see the ways that mission has been mm-hmm. um, manipulated and co-opted and used for unfortunately for evil and nefarious means? Yeah. Um, but then also how does one continue to move as a black missionary? Um, you know, just, yeah, just through that, through that, that muddy <laughs> reality, you know? So how do you hold, uh, how do you walk the line of that tension? Yeah, I mean, you've already named all the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like to is. name things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all of the things yeah. that you are having to mm-hmm. um, move in and through and to... Um, understand uh, how to vocalize something different, how to live out a different narrative, uh, but also speak to all of that. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. part of my calling now. Mm -hmm. And that's That's why I say nothing is wasted. The Lord allowed me to see the underbellies of what missional uh, work could look like and to learn all about the systems. I mean, I've written policy manuals. I've done all the things uh, under my assimilated life. Mm. Uh, But I learned so much from that. Mm -hmm. And so now uh, I get to work with organizations, number one, helping them to reshape their policies and procedures so that they can be more welcoming. That's going to take a long time, but the work has to start, you know. Right. Um, But the way that I navigated now, especially running a nonprofit, is to always sort of have that mirror reminding Mm. me of what uh, a lack of flourishing looks like, mm. what a lack of dignity looks like, it's number so one, and getting to decide who funds what we do. We, we, don't, we don't just want everybody funding us, That's right. yes. you know, and we're not a wealthy organization, but we want people who have a heart for the people that we're trying to serve. Mm. Um, and our policies uh, don't necessarily exclude people from doing God's work. He's the only one that gets yeah. to cancel us. Right. Uh, but folk again. are mm-hmm. um, welcome to come. We do still assess. That's right. But, you know, not with such stringent rules. Um, I think that's one side of it. But the damage that has been done and is still being done in global spaces. Mm -hmm. um, Wow. Hmm. Uh, a reckoning, I think, will happen because in the midst of that, when you tease it out, the gospel is still there. It was there before they arrived, before missionaries arrived. And in fact... One of my bents is that, you know, if you go back and really look at the church fathers, it wasn't our white missionaries that started the mission, uh, but we won't go there. But those aspects of having resources and ability to go and to do a work, but you create these policies and these structures that parcel out black and brown people in a way that they Mm, become mm -hmm. um, not a part of the team in the way that they should. Uh, They don't get to flourish in the same way because we don't shift culture. Well, I could talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. It's a soapbox for me. Mm. I've been recently talking to some of our female 
missionaries who are serving with organizations, just sort of asking them, how has it been for you? Now, two of them that I recently spoke with left the organization that I was with. Okay. And I just said, can we revisit that? I know in the moment why you left, but I want to revisit that. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was the support raising structures, mm-hmm. um, the um, member care. There was no real care for them, for their Mm. black and brown needs, even related to support raising. There was no shifting and how you navigate uh, raising support in a black and brown context versus the majority culture context. There were policies that I call stop signs. Mm. If you don't jump through these hoops and do these things, then you can't be with us. Mm. And really, that system was set up to weed out those yes, individuals. Absolutely. It's like oh, yeah. set up to say oh, yes. that if you don't fit this little white box that we have, then you, you might want to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And um, and I mean, it's, it's true and it's real with, I've worked with several global agencies and it is mm-hmm. what it is. And the impact on the field for me is walking into a church in Asia or Africa or Latin America and it looks like the US. Right. We're erasing Ooh. culture because we've created this right. mindset mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of what biblical culture oh, should yeah. look like. Right. And nowhere do you find that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So helpful. Thank I don't you. know if I got to your question, oh, but. No, you, you, listen, you, <laughs> you did But that. you gave us an answer. <laughs> Amen, girl. Well, and, and, yeah. and I think that's just a sobering reminder about what it is that we think is biblical that is so yes. out of step with. Yeah with the New Testament, right? Um, with the New Testament church, even the early church. We are, right. uh, we, I think in some ways we've even, uh, we've lost an imagination mm-hmm. for what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And instead we're we're putting into place things from the 1600s or the 1950s yes, for that matter, that is so disconnected yeah. from Our the reality of what yeah. the early church actually mm-hmm. looked like. Mm-hmm. I think in listening to you speak, it is a reminder of, you know, much much pay much say <laughs> and why it is important to have an ability to say no exactly to money yeah and i think whether that's a podcast whether Anything. that is uh who wants to advertise with you whether mm-hmm. that's a church mm-hmm. um the ability coach. to be able to mm-hmm. walk away is an act of faith yes yep. and because um well, because we know that the love of money is the root of all oh, kinds cool. of evil that is a test for us, mm-hmm. and and we do need we do need to eat. We need resources. On, we man. need our lights on, right? Mm-hmm. But the ability to say, um, "I will wait on God," yeah, instead of being entangled into something that is going to compromise yeah. compromise mm-hmm. my Values, witness, yes, is just um, again. I think it's a, it's a it's an act of faith Amen. to do that to, mm-hmm. to live that way. And you have been a woman who has modeled faith. Amen. Even as you were in difficult circumstances, still modeling faith and persistence yes, and hospitality are. and kindness in those places. So somebody's listening right now and they are thinking, huh, I've never thought about being a missionary. Yeah. Yep. I love I love God and I love people. And I'm in this small bubble of a place. I can't even imagine myself ever, ever leaving the place where I am. I've never traveled out of my city. I've never really traveled out of my neighborhood. I've never really even been on a plane. Yeah. And I want, I want you to give them an imagination mm-hmm. for all the places that God can, that take, God can take them. Oh yep. my, um, yeah, so. Yeah, I am you. (laughs) I grew up in the projects. I come from a a life of lack. 
Um, and I only had dreams, right, of places I could go. First, it was within the American context, like when our family went to Florida for Disney World. It was like, hurrah, we made it out of Chicago, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it opened my mind up to this idea that, you know, there's nothing too hard for God, That's number right. one. That's and right. if he's calling us to it, mm -hmm. he'll give us a way through sure. it. And um I would say if the Lord has been prompting, nicking at your heart mm -hmm. to do something more, then explore ways to do that. Mm. Um, the mission field is ripe for the harvest and we need more black and brown people yes, than indeed. ever because yeah. the world is black and brown. Yes, um, yes. And we really need voices that understand struggle that mm -hmm. understands leaning on the Lord instead of themselves, their education, their skill set, mm -hmm. just leaning on the Lord to bring all of who you are into the lives of people who are waiting to have hope mm -hmm. to say, you know, you made it. Maybe I can make it. That's too. Right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, instead of, you know, the, the posture of coming to be the savior, we're coming alongside. And so walking anew, um, which the Lord gave me in 96 mm. in the church. It was right. women walking anew because wow. these were women coming out of prostitution and mm -hmm. drug addiction and stuff right. like that. And 20 some years later, it's become expanded where we do local missions in our own backyard. But the goal is to identify individuals who have never gone overseas and then take them on a trip. Oh, so we got yes. to do that this year. We took a young lady who had never traveled. She went to Kenya. She's a videographer. So no her mission was way. to capture the trip. Mm. That's a mission. So whatever skill set you have, if you feel God calling you to do more, ask him what does more look like and yes. then do the research and see if there are organizations out there that line up with who god has made you to be yes um do your homework, <laughs> do your homework. Um, and then go and experience that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and don't let funding or finances be the thing that holds you back if the lord is calling you again he'll provide a way i love that yeah i love that you said you know our giving them some practical steps, definitely start with prayer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you feel that the spirit is, is, is tugging on that heart and kind of, we know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't ignore it, Don't you know, continue it. to move forward, you know, and then just even your example of faith or just walking by faith. Like you didn't know initially you were called to be a mission. You didn't even know at first you were a missionary until, yeah. you know, and then, you know, but the Lord just begin, began to illuminate, you know, that for you. So thank you for, just providing some of those practical ways for people to begin to discern whether the Lord is calling them to this or maybe God is calling them to something else. Mm -hmm. um, I would love for you to talk to our, as we're wrapping, talk to our sisters at the table mm -hmm. about walking anew, how, or they can get connected with your work or yeah. donate. This is your time just Amen. to tell them how to follow you, follow your work and yes. to, to support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're on the platforms. Mm -hmm. So walkinganew.org uh, or at walkinganew on Insta and all the other things. Yes. And um, we really, really love working in our own backyard. Mm -hmm. I missed that when I was working for an organization. Okay, I would come home and get in my backyard and serve the people in my community. Yes. And so uh, if you're in Atlanta, Come and volunteer with us. We would love that. Okay. Um, but if you're if you're interested in global missions, reach out to us as well. Mm. Um, we do on a monthly basis gather women. Our audience are the non-churched, 
Um, okay. So if you know someone in the Atlanta area who is opposed to church, mm -hmm. those are the people that we want to hang out with. Amen. We do a BYOB, bring your own Bible, bottle, whatever you want the B to stand for. Mm -hmm. uh, and we sit around and we talk about life issues and we delve into scripture to dismantle some of those disbeliefs. Mm, I think you've mm, been a part of I that have. before. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we do that every first Friday. We go out and do missions in the community every other month, uh, just depending on what's happening. And, and once every two years, we take a mission trip. So during those two years, we're identifying individuals mm -hmm. to bring them along. But we also welcome other people to come and go on mission with us. Our next trip is gearing up for 2024 in okay. August. So, All right. yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, and I'm leaving out the part that I mm. love the most because it's really what I do the most in our organization is the intercultural development. Oh, our yes. volunteers yes. that are, even some of our volunteers of color, it doesn't sure. matter because of assimilation, mm -hmm. uh, we don't allow them to have front or firsthand contact with our audience. We don't allow picture taking. Right. Uh, we don't want to pimp people out, their images out, their stories out. We just want to love them and show them right. dignity. So we train our volunteers using the intercultural competence model, um, some more extensively than others. And we also train churches and organizations. So lately I've been working with a lot of global, missional or trafficking, et cetera, agencies that are engaged around the world, um, helping them to rethink some of their systems For and their sure. models. That's a passion of mine to kind of bring those two together, yes. to do the work, but to also train and disciple mm -hmm. uh, leaders of churches and organizations, Christian and non-Christian alike. Well, That's wonderful. walking anew. Wow. It's amazing yeah. that the Lord gave me that title all those years ago. <laughs> and now I'm entering into this space where I am walking anew. That's, That's right. right. So it's really like, ah, right. he is he is a he's a full circle God. Yeah. He has a plan. Yeah, there's you no better loose, believe there's it. no loose threads in God. None. Mm -hmm. Everything None. is always sewed up at some point. Amen. <laughs> at some <Yeah>. point. <laughs> at some point. You know, yeah. thank you so much, Barbara. I you, you know, I have absolutely been the beneficiary of your hospitality, um, of your generosity and kindness in friendship. And I'm so grateful. And I did get to sit in on uh, and, and participate yes, in you your BYLB Bible yes, study. <laughs> oh, maybe, probably. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. Yeah. I guess I did. Yeah. I had a great, I, it was wonderful. Yes. That's how I met, you know, some of your uh, dear, dear friends and, men and mentees. And it was, it was a joy. So thank you for the work that you're doing. And thank you thank so much you. for taking the time and sitting at the table. Thank you for uh, having me us. at the table. Of course. Yeah. And to our sisters, of course, we want to thank you for taking a seat at the table with us. Let's keep the conversation going. Talk to us about what you think about our interview with our friend, Reverend Barbara D. Jones, missionary <laughs> extraordinaire. <laughs> Please tweet us your thoughts. Send us your, your DMs on Instagram. Email us your thoughts too at asktruestable at gmail.com. Com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes as well. And we also have a discipleship group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you follow <laughs> us on Facebook, answer the entry questions, uh, and you will be let into the group so that we can do more talking about the things that we care about, particularly Jesus, of course. Um, our executive producer for the show is myself and Christina. And uh, we will see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.